Welcome, ladies and germs, to the 215 Seamer Podcast. Been a while, but we're back. I'm Dylan Campbell with my esteemed co-host, Connor Doherty and Matt Kerman, fresh off the heels of a 4-3 victory by our Phillies. But tonight, that's not what we're going to focus on to start off with. It is the question of the summer. And no, it's not, are you Team Conrad or Team Jeremiah? It is, should we or should we not trade for Juan Soto? Boys, take it away. Uh, I'll I'll start off with that. Not really sure what team, what those teams were. I got to be honest, no it. idea we what that to, was. We don't need to get into it. All right. Is there but, a show uh, that we're not watching that you you're watching that, that I should I'm be watching? That you should, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's girl shop. It's fine. <laughs> was it like The Bachelor or something? Bachelor. Some, one of those summer things? I turned pretty. Okay, it's fine. It's a great show. <laughs> don't worry about it. Anyways. All right. <laughs> Jumping back into. Baseball, FanDuel put out a tweet today, like the the sports gambling FanDuel, not like a media outlet or really anyone who would know what they're talking about, like a sports gambling company, proposed the trade in which the Philadelphia Phillies would receive Juan Soto from the Padres in exchange for three of their top 10 prospects and another pretty much to throw in the prospects were Andrew Painter, Justin Crawford, oh. Carlos De La Cruz <laughs> and Jaden Estanis. I don't know how to say his last name, but I'm going to do a quick rundown of why trading for Juan Soto uh, right now would be a terrible idea. Number one, because he's not going to sign anything. He's just going to walk right to free agency. It's a smart thing to do. Uh, if I were him, that's exactly what I would be doing. The Nats offered him, uh, was it 400 mil or 450 mil? I don't remember off the top I, I, of my I head. Know it, was like, it was above 300 that they offered him. I think it was like 360 that they offered him, and he turned yeah. it down. Yeah, whenever you turn down a contract like that, I mean, at that point, it's it's not – it's not all about the team that you're on or whoever's around you. Because Juan Soto is still, what, 24, 25? Yes. Yeah, he's By the time he hits free agency, he'll be probably around the same age as Bryce. And he fits every team's timeline. Like, whenever you can add a generational superstar like Juan Soto is, at the age of 26 – like he fits every team's timeline. He fits the Phillies yeah. timeline. He bridges the gap from like the Stott, the Marsh, the Bohm to the JT, the Harper, the Trey Turner. Like he kind of fits that gap nicely. Um, but going back to why he won't sign, I mean, we saw with the Nationals, we see it with the Padres right now. They're, Number one, they can't really even afford to sign him because they have uh, Machado on a long deal that they re-signed him to uh, over the winter here. Tatis is on the long deal. Xander Bogarts is on the long deal. So they're locked into three guys for the next 10 years or so for probably close to seven or $800 million. They're not going to be able to keep Juan Soto. So, of course, they're going to look to trade him. The only way if I'm the Phillies that I trade for him is if he signs an extension, which he's just not going to do. 
And is that not a thing in the MLB? Like, can you not sign and trade someone? Or can you, I mean, could you, have there been instances in which someone trades for someone and then they sign the extension right away? Is that even feasible? Yeah, I'm sure there's been times where it's happened. I don't know of any off the top of my head, but like Juan Soto is a prime trade and sign candidate, sign and trade or however you want to uh, slice it. Is that it. a thing in the MLB? Can you do that? Not really. I mean, it's, I don't think so because there's no salary not, cap. Just, or can you like done. handshake deal? Like it's not done because okay. like the thing is when you sign someone, the team that signs them owes them money. And when you trade someone, sometimes as part of that trade negotiation is that the team that you're trading from like let's say player A is party on, people and uh Michael Culp has joined the pod. Um so when you sign someone, let's say the Phillies sign player A for $30 million a year for six years, and you trade them to the Yankees after a year, right? You might be on the bill for pay paying 15 out of that 30 for the next four years. Like that might be part of the way that it you dump cross the salary over. or even get rid of the player. Like it's, it's not like necessarily like a full salary salary, like overtake all the time. That doesn't always happen. It can happen in major league baseball, but because it gets a little bit, baseball really gets really, it gets muddy with the waters when it comes to who is paying who after they're getting traded. And that's and that's something that, you know, trading a long term guy, you don't really see a guy who signed a 10 year deal get oh. traded or DFA'd until maybe their like last year or two of their contract, which is what like, you know, Air, Nolan Arenado is approaching. Yeah. Like, you know, Paul Goldschmidt only has a year and a half left in his contract. So that's the thing. Yeah. But to Connor's point, I I personally don't think that trading for Juan Soto is is a smart decision, and that fan he's going to be a free agent in twenty twenty five, regardless. Just wait yeah. and sign him. Exactly, he's consistently said that he wants to test free agency no matter what, and I just think that first of all, I really don't even want him. I'm very anti Juan Soto. I think he's a terrible fielder. I think he's nothing but a bat. But even his bat hasn't been as good as it has been in years past. That's not saying that he can't get back to that, but it's just, you know, his his overall attitude, his gravitas, his everything, you know, I don't like. He's one of those players that gives me the ick. And I know he's like the face of Major League Baseball. He's like one of those young faces of Major League Baseball. But it's like he gives me the same – he irks me more than – like some other players that I don't like. I mean, it's just like, you know, Jock Peterson gives me the same ick. No, stop. Jock's a golden child. Jock's no, a I'm very anti-Jock Peterson. Jock's a good person. Never, Jock I'll saved my life. I'll never day. say he's good at anything. That dude right. is a no-no. Well, you didn't watch the Home Run Derby as rookie year where he almost beat out with holes. Just saying. Well, the thing like is... 2013. <laughs> Jock Peterson is not a more like ethically is not a good person i personally think i don't is know that like, based I, on proof or is that based on well i don't I'm like just... the way I, I don't i don't like the way he like holds himself like the way he 
responded. Like, I don't like a, the way that a lot of players. That's just attitude. I wouldn't say ethics. What? That's attitude, not. But ethic. it might have a bit of an attitude issue. Sure, I can see that. I don't. Yeah, and I I don't really like him that much. That's that's the reason why I I really don't. I really don't. I it's agree though players. with the Soto. It's and like the Joe Soto Kelly attitude. is one of those people. Yeah. Trevor Bauer is one of those people. Like well, Trevor Bauer is ethically yeah, a not a good person. Like, yeah, that's. I mean, these are these, these are all players that like I'm not a fan of because like they drive me up a wall on how they operate, mm-hmm. just like in the game and you know how they act in interviews and what they're saying. I just like there's there, there's never been a positive thing that I've really like appreciated about certain players. Um, that's not every player, obviously. It's just a select few. Juan but, Soto has totally gotten there, but I just like someone who can't catch a pop fly. Like, dear lord, you're in the major leagues. Come on, like I, I get, get it what for, you're for saying while, too. But he made it three times in in just the Philly series alone. The thing with trading for him is like, do we even? And Connor, you said he'd fit our timeline in two years. You can assess. You know, I think in two years you'll be off the shore deal. I assume. Yeah, because it's a four year deal. You can assess whether you'd really need him now or want him in free agency, but right now, is that a glaring need for us? Shoving a big, left left, field, big power right? bat? Probably not. No. No. I mean, you've already yeah. all the left-handed power bats in your lineup. Schwarber, Harper, uh, is Hall left-handed? Hall is yeah. left-handed. Yeah. Um, but even if Reese was healthy, he's a right-hander, so it doesn't even matter. And then you also have um you also have Stott and Marsh, who like I think balances out really well. You got two power bats and two contact hitters who still have a little bit of pop, but not as much as you know Harper and Shorber would. I think four four lefties in the lineup is good. Um solid. I mean, I, I'm not big on the the lefty righty um sort of metric. Um that's just me. But, you know, I, I just think that Juan Soto is not not the player that we need to be doing. I think that they're, you know, and Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, or Dylan, you know, I think that this roster itself, this active roster, even this 40-man roster needs, uh, needs to take out some of its trash. You know, I, I feel like there's a couple of players that really don't belong on this roster, especially a roster of the National League champions, especially a roster of a team that aspires to win the World Series this year, which this team does. Like, I was saying this to Michael earlier, you know, Dylan Covey should not be a reliable that was the first thing. Is he still on the team? Still on the active roster. I was just saying that the other night. And Michael says to me, he says to me, he's just like, we need that guy when we're down eight runs. And I was like, no, first of all, this team should never be down eight runs at all. Like at this point in the year, personally, this team. Dylan Covey's pitched down. 17 and he's given up 12 runs. Yeah. Like it's it, Dylan Covey should not. <laughs> so you, shouldn't, you shouldn't want a guy like Dylan Covey on your team. That's all I'm saying. No, you shouldn't want him. And he and you shouldn't. You also shouldn't be down eight to 10 runs for him to even come in to give up another three or four, you know, that's, I just don't think there's a place on the team for four, a players, which he is. I don't even know if he's that like, I mean, I just think that the Phillies need to hold themselves to a higher standard. Yeah. 
you know and, like, and what I are you doing through. hooking up with the with the four man like you might have gotten dumped the other week but you're still somebody go after a hotter girl it's like that would cover you not yeah come on have some self-respect that's what yeah, i'm saying I mean, have some pride yeah exactly have some pride like i agree with you and like no offense to Josh Harrison. Like, I get he's had some, you know, yeah. moments. But the thing is, he's not the utility infielder that you need. And honestly, the utility infielder that, you know, we could bring someone up within the system. There's a couple of people we could add to our 40-man roster that could replace Josh Harrison very easily. We could also trade for someone to replace Josh Harrison. It's really up in the air. But we definitely need a utility bat. Someone who can play the infield a little bit like that can also take a little bit of weight off of Sosa. That's Scott that's, Kingery. Scott Kingery is definitely a possibility. Scott Kingery um, fits the bill. He does. Scott Kingery's also been hitting 370 over the past two months. Oh boy. Uh, is that good? Is that, that good? That might be pretty good. But like the thing is, that's the thing. You know, at the end of the day, we need a utility bat and we need a fifth starter. I think Christopher Sanchez has been holding down the fort way better than we would have ever hoped for with Bailey Falter. And, you know, it's like, I'm glad we're not dipping into Matt Strom. Matt Strom is kind of like hitting his expiration date in a lot of ways. Um, And it's just, you know, those are the two players that you can DFA from this 40 man roster. You can add Scott Kingery and you can trade for uh, uh, an arm if you really want to. And I think that you automatically get better. Any arm that you're, the Phillies are going to trade for is obviously going to be better, is going to be good enough. And Sanchez is a good arm. I'd be very happy with hit throwing in another lefty in the bullpen, especially since Alvarado is out on injury for the time being. I mean, he's only on the 10-day IL. He should hopefully be back by the deadline. But if you need another lefty in there with a, a good amount of velocity, you know, he 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 fits the bill easily, and he's your bat your you know long reliever in a way because you know he he's he's been stretched out enough that he can go five or six innings if ever necessary, but and make even a spot start, you know that's the thing, and I think that having Christopher Sanchez on the active roster in the bullpen is great. I think that I'm really interested to see, you know. By this deadline, we're also getting Noah Song back. We have to. We want to keep Noah Song. We have to put him on the active roster by the deadline. Like, that's a no-brainer. He just got promoted to double-A last week. So he's going to have a couple outings there. I'm assuming by next week he's going to have a couple outings in triple-A. And then by that deadline, Noah Song is going to be in your bullpen, which is going to be huge because he's really gotten back into baseball shape. Like, he had – he, I think he's had, like, a one ERA – so far in the minors, which is huge. I mean, like, I'll take it. Obviously, yes, this is single A, but, you know, his double A, he's had a couple double A appearances so far. He's been doing well. So that's what I'm, you know, I'm really hoping for that we can figure out how to maneuver around this, you know, this roster. And someone who really surprises me, Jeff Hoffman. I think we kind of got good stuff. Hoffman, I like Hoffman because, like you're saying, and, and Connor, I want to hear your thoughts. I think we need, Especially the injuries to Alvarado and, and uh, Sir Anthony, but we need more competitive arms that used to be in that Brogdon Bellotti slot. I don't know what you would call that. So that's like sixth, seventh inning guy, not your eighth like inning guy. Like a middle guy. guy. Like a middle guy. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like we need more competitive guys because we're going to get into the playoffs where you're playing back to back days. And 
the bullpen gets tired. You know, we've gotten more starters. I agree. We do need another starter, but having someone like Hoffman be almost like a foil to not even a foil. He's very similar to a junior Marte. He's got similar kind of stuff. Um, maybe a little more reined in is good. Connor, what do you think about him? And then what do you think we need to do around the pen? Do we need more guys? About Hoffman and Marte? About Hoffman and then, yeah, just the pen in general, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, well, starting off with Hoffman, he's had a pretty nice year, really really nice kind of below-the-radar find for, for the front office. I think he was more of, like, when they brought him in, I think that they thought he would be more organizational depth. I didn't think that they thought he would be, like, a, a guy that they could really count on in some somewhat of high leverage spots uh, where he can kind of bridge the gap between like say Sanchez goes five and a third and they need someone to finish out the sixth inning to get it to like Soto, Sir Anthony or Kimbrell or whatever three. So I think he's been good in that role and the bullpen overall has been really strong. I think since like the middle of April, they're up near the top in ERA, uh, which has been Awesome because Alvarado hasn't been there. Like this is the second uh, time on the IL this year. Uh, Kimbrel's been dynamite so far. I thought he should have been an All Star, which he was, but I thought he should have been an All Star. Like when All Stars got released or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Soto's still pretty hit or miss, but he's been a lot more hit than miss. Uh, Sir Anthony, I've been saying it for a while, but Sir Anthony's going to figure it out. He's rounding back into form now. Uh, but no matter what, when you have a hundred coming from the left and the right side in Alvarado and Sir Anthony in the back end of your bullpen, uh, with Soto and with Kimbrell, like those are four huge guys that you have going into the playoffs, uh, going into the playoffs though, you can never have enough arms. That's why I think swinging a trade for a guy like Stroman and poaching another bullpen piece from the Cubs would be, be an amazing. absolute win. Uh, yeah. I don't Stroman. know what snag someone. If we can snag yeah, I don't. I don't know what his contract's like, so I don't know. That would be huge. Uh, I don't know what how much you would have to give up for Stroman. I know he's having one of the best years of his career, so you're probably looking at maybe an able, depending on the. Uh, the control that he's under or the contract that he's well, on. He's a free agent at the end of the year, which is what concerns me. Okay. So, yeah. So maybe it's, it'd be more of a McGarry uh, instead of an Abel. But if you do ask for like a bullpen piece in return, then maybe you part with like a 10 to 15 range prospect as well as McGarry. Um, but that's a price that I'd be willing to pay to have a – Really, a really I good front four of Nola, Wheeler, Suarez, Stroman, and then whatever Walker ends up being. He's been pretty reliable, actually. Maybe the most consistent pitcher. He's been he's up to 10 or 11 wins now. Which he's is had awesome. uh, 10 wins. He's had 10 wins. He's got seven straight wins in a row. I mean, he's honestly our most reliable pitcher at this moment. Yeah. He's always it, consistent, getting six innings, and you know where you're going to get. So, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think Connor's right about that. I, I think that there's some other teams that we could definitely look to poach. Um, 
you know, ahead of the deadline. I think that, you know, someone who I really would like to, he might be a little bit expensive. I don't know how much we're, we would have to give up for him, but I'd really like to look at Scott Barlow from the Kansas City Royals. That's that's a guy who's like the Royals, the Royal, he's like, he's, you know, he's in his late 20s, I think, or he's 30 on the dot. He's someone who I definitely like to get. And, you know, the Royals have already, you know, broken the seal. They already gave up Chapman to the Rangers. I think getting arguably their more consistent and better reliever, which is Barlow. Uh, you know, I know Chapman's had a pretty good year so before he got traded. Um, but Barlow's definitely younger and has much better stuff, in my opinion. And I think that he would be someone I'd really like to go after um, at the deadline. You know, you know, it, it would be it would be huge to get him. I know he still has some team control too, so that would make him even more valuable to us, and you know, valuable to the Royals to trade, uh, to get some prospects from us. And I don't mind giving up, you know, a couple prospects. I don't think that we would have to give up an Abel, a Painter, uh, a McGarry. Like you, you might give up a McGarry, and I'm okay with that. To be quite I honest, give up McGarry at this point. Um, I would, McGarry. yeah, too, and, and you know. And but the thing is, like, I think you could give up like a McGarry or you could give two level low level prospects, like maybe like a like a like a between 20 and 30 level prospect to the Royals, probably uh, for him. Um, I think he's definitely he's not going to be cheap, but he's not going to be radically expensive. And that's someone I would definitely go for. And if you know. If we're trading with the Cubs and we actually get Stroman, if we go that route and that's what we want to do, I'd also think we, you know, if we're gonna get a bullpen arm too, snag Michael Fulmer. Like, Ooh, like Michael Fulmer would be great to have. I think he would fit so well with this bullpen. Like, if you have Soto, Sir Anthony, um, Alvarado, Kimbrell, Fulmer, and then you throw in um Christopher Sanchez, Jeff Hoffman. Um, Andrew Bellotti, like that's a strong yeah. There's bullpen. a nice change of pace and there. It's a huge change of pace, and you also have Marte on the back end. Nelson probably reserves if possible. Yikes. You know, you know, and who else? Did you say Michael? Who else? I don't say anything. Oh, I thought you said someone else. I was just like, I was forgetting someone. I was like thinking of someone else. But like these are that we we have plenty of arms. You know, McKinley Moore. I mean, I know he struggled. Dylan Covey. No, Dylan Covey. No. This is this is if D- Dylan Covey got DFA'd. Same with Harrison. This is like oh, we're yeah, talking the world where both of them get DFA'd and like who we would go after. You know, and I think that that's something that, you know, we're definitely going to figure out in the next week. Like rumors are going to definitely start flying around next week like monday is going to be like is going to like from there on it's going to be you know all you know downhill just figuring out like these guys these executives they're talking they've been discussing these things i'm going to be really interested to see what we do at the deadline and to be quite honest if nothing really happens at the deadline besides shohei otani getting traded to some team you know, Baltimore. I still think that's an epic. Yeah, dude, the the Baltimore rumors are really interesting for him. You know, I just don't know. Like, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's the type of person who wants to test free agency. Like, he would give a team their loyalty if they bring him to a championship. You know what I mean? 
That's what I'm thinking. And the thing is, Baltimore cannot be relying on Kyle Gibson if they're going to win a World Series. That's all I'm saying. Like, straight straight up. How fun would it be to meet Baltimore and Kyle Gibson in the World Series? I mean, like, I just bombs away. I just like bombs away. away. There's no there's way. No way. Like, no, there's no way. Like, there's no way. The rota- <laughs> like I, I think about Baltimore's rotation and I'm like, I still don't know how these guys are throwing and actually getting out sometimes. These guys were like the bullpen. No, like their starters that were going deep into games. Like these guys are like for, for years, for quite a few years now, have been like four A guys, six ERA. Like, what is happening in Baltimore? You know what I mean? Something magical. Yeah, something magical. And you got Adley behind home play. He knows how to call a good game. Yeah, he does. He does. I honestly think ever since Adley came up and started working with that staff, that they've become like he's turned those guys into amazing pitchers. Like it, it, it's it's a similar effect that you know Yadier Molina had on the St. Louis Cardinals rotation for the better part of fifteen years. You know, I think you know smarts wise, intelligence wise, Adley can turn shit into gold like genuinely but not to uh not to kind of break up the the thoughts that you guys were just having there but uh yeah quickly just want to get your guys thoughts because i think we're running out of time here uh the phillies signed their first round pick 27th overall aiden miller uh to a 3.1 million dollar signing bonus yeah plays left side of the infield Got I think good the, pop. Took BP today, right? Yeah, yeah. he was a good BP. Did he? Had some give good us pop. a scouting report. Weren't you there to see it? Yeah, what's a lot the of power to left like? field. I saw a lot of line drives to left field and center. He's got, right he's, got, he's got some good yeah. looking legs. Yeah, nice big legs. I can see it on those shorts. Just saying, Dylan. not going too much. You got oh. You like a good body. Oh. That's Dylan, all. he's eighteen. Dylan, he's eighteen. Drives the ball. Yeah, he looked good in VP. Strong lower half, we'll say. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe they'll sleep with that. Strong <laughs> lower half. And the Phillies oh, also the Phillies also signed fifteen uh, other uh, players that they drafted. They they finalized all deals with them and signed two non-drafted players as well. Love it. So they they had a good draft haul. I think that you know a good amount of those guys, like I would say. The first few of them, the one kid from Hawaii, Devin Saltabon. He's the and, outfielder. Uh, yeah, That's he's sweet. the outfielder. I like and that. the this one, the, one the IMG yeah. guy, the IMG kid. Yeah, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, he's 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 big. He's gonna be a big power guy. Yeah, he's like six five, I think six 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 four. Oh, six, I did see. Four. He's a monster. Oh, let's yeah, go. No, it's it, let's it's go. insane. Like they they signed him and another like, another strong lower half guy. <laughs> Great lower half. Ooh, and another thing we got we need to talk about. Some announcements were made today. Um, injury wise. So Christian Pache, right elbow inflammation. Um, you know, he had the screw that apparently was in his arm that no one freaking knew about. Yeah. Uh to be determined when if he's gonna play again this season and if he's coming back. Um, Sir Anthony should be back in late July. Ho- uh, Jose Alvarado, you know, still, you know, he's Up looking good. He's feeling better, but nothing, 
nothing too crazy. Um, so I think the Philly so and it's official that the Phillies will not be seeing Andrew Painter this year. I could have guessed that after yeah. the his elbow, his elbow isn't any worse, but he still can't throw. Love that diagnosis. Yeah, I know. Should have yeah, given Tommy John to start off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Thank you. I, I don't know if the Tommy I think John just happen. I wouldn't be surprised if we play out the rest of July, go out, go throughout um, early August, and then we find out, oh, retroactively, uh, Andrew Painter's been put on the 60-day IL for Tommy John surgery, yeah. and we find that out. Like at weeks some after the fact, August. yeah, like it was like retroactively <laughs> to July thirty first or something like that. I would not be surprised if that happens. Um, you know, I mean, like it's it's unfortunate. It would have been great to see him personally. I wasn't expecting him to come. That's what happens play. when you're sixteen and you throw one oh five. Yeah, like you gotta limit the amount of innings this kid's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be you know these injuries. They're gonna kill us, but we got to find some trade solutions for them. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're doing fine now. Our pitching staff looks okay. Schwarber's actually starting to hit the ball, which I'm actually shocked. He is. All right. Uh, Just quickly, finally, before we wrap up, shout out to our guy Ryan McCarty. Called up to uh, to high A. Let's go. He's on the way. 